was it? Pig what? Pig eaten, corn fed, alcohol drinking, ethanol. Yeah, Jesse said y'all were clean. I didn't know. Hey, I love your pastors. Uh, I feel like I'm at home. I'm going to have fun today. Um, so I want to pray. I want to pray for two groups of people. First, I want to pray for your pastors. How many of you know you got great pastors? Pastor Jesse, Pastor Lauren, their slew of children that they have. I don't know how they do it. Either they like kids or he likes his wife, one or the other. So, um, so let's just pray for them. Father, we just are so thankful for our leaders, our fearless leaders, God, and the vision that they have for this church, for the love they have for people, God, even more than just building your kingdom which you know it's it's what an incredible honor and opportunity and you know the things that you allow us to do but but just their love for people because that's what it's all about lord i mean that's why you sent jesus to die for you you gave your son for the world for people you you said jesus you said you had compassion because the people were like sheep without a shepherd so, Father, we thank you so much for our pastors. God, we pray blessing on them. We pray, we pray for increase in their life, God. We pray that they'll have the rest. They've never, I mean, just the greatest rest, the best night's sleep, the greatest time together, Lord, just empowering each other and encouraging each other and family, building and let their kids come back ready to just take the next mountain, Father. Thank you for this great vision, for this new building. Lord, uh, give them peace and rest during it, in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. One last group of people, when I was on the plane flying over, I just felt like the Lord said, pray for business owners. And so if you are a business owner, or you want to be a business owner, you're kind of in the middle of that, would you just raise your hand up in the air if that's you? I want to just pray for you right at your seat. I'm not going to call you up or anything. Um, I just believe God's favor is on you in this season of your life. So I believe God's favor, God's favor, God's favor, 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 favor. Father, I just pray for blessing. I pray for increase. Father, I pray for financial increase. Lord, I pray for those right relationships, partnerships to come into their life, Lord, to take them to the next level. A whole nother level, God. Let this, let 2022 be a year of increase like never before. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure the stock market's going down. I'm sure gas is going up. I'm sure there's inflation. But every business is that, that's involved with Eternity Church is going to be blessed, Father. I thank you for millionaires coming out of this church, God. Be able to write checks for buildings. We want to raise $7 million because there'll be enough in the bank to pay for it cash. In Jesus' name, and all God's people said, amen, amen. Come on, give Jesus a hand clap. Hey, before, before you sit down, everybody turn around, wave it. Adele, come on, everybody turn around, wave it. Adele, hey, Adele. Hey, how you doing? Good to see you. I heard you're buying lunch today. We'll come up. Wherever, which direction is Adele? North, that way. We'll come see you in just a little while. An Ottoman, I think there's some, some folks that are having Ottoman, uh, having, having uh, church in their houses, life groups, stuff like that. So, hey, guys, good to see you. Good to meet you. And so, if you could, turn to three people, say, you smell really good today. 
and then just you can grab a seat. You smell really good. Make sure you tell the person behind you they smell really good. <laughs> Glad you took a shower today. It's good to shower on Saturday nights or Sunday morning. You know, I realized my wife, I don't know what it is. My wife is now doing this thing where she gets her hair washed at the, at the do y'all ladies do that here in Iowa where you go and get a blowout? Yeah. How many of y'all ladies do that right now? Raise your hand if you, you don't even want to raise your hand. You're like, I'm afraid to raise my hand. She, she does that now because she only washes her hair like twice a week. I wash my hair every day. Guys, do we wash, do you wash your hair every day? I mean, I I'm not saying there's anything wrong with it. It's just odd for me because I remember I don't have much hair. And so I'm just trying to keep as much as I can. Anyway, I don't know why I'm talking about that. I just feel such at home here. So um, I'm going to get right into this. I, I believe that greetings from, I'm from Charlotte, North Carolina. Greetings from Freedom House. Uh, we love you guys. We think about you often. So excited about this new building program they have. Uh, we're believing God with you. Um, you're going to raise all the money that you need. It's going to be paid off really quick, debt-free, right? Debt-free. Um, it's going to come through you. That's what God does. That's what God, God blesses his people. You guys are just a conduit. You're like a, a water pipe. You get wet in the process, but your job is to deliver the water from one place to the next. So I'm excited for you. God's going to bless you big time. I believe that we are, as a, as a national church, I think we've been through some challenges over the last three years, but I believe we're in a faith crisis. Uh, fear is at an all-time high and faith is at an all-time low. Now, I say that because it's our fault, my fault as a pastor. Um, I think churches have dropped the ball when it came to teaching people about growing their faith and um, there's a lot of biblical illiteracy in the church. I don't know if it's because of social media or just the information age uh, as, as a whole. But I know that where I, I live in Charlotte and what we're trying to do is really raise the faith level by raising the understanding of Scripture and really staying connected with the truth. And, you know, fear, fear may cause a pandemic, but faith can cause a revolution. And one of my heroes in the faith is a guy by the name of Smith Wigglesworth. If you ever read anything about him, crazy miracles, raised a bunch of people from the dead. Uh, I read a lot about him. And one of the things that he says is he just says, only believe. That's his message, only believe. If you believe, all things are possible to him that believes. You know, the Bible says in 2 Timothy 1, it says, God has not given you a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and of a sound mind. An opposition... To a spirit of fear is a spirit of faith. Now, here's what I know about you, okay? We don't know each other real good. My name's Troy. Good to meet you. I know that there's enough faith in you to accomplish anything that God has put before you. Or anything that the devil may challenge you with. You've got enough faith in you. Look at your neighbor. Point at him. Say, you got enough faith. you got enough faith. got to participate today. By the way, I'm a, I'm a Bible teacher, so write some stuff down. Take some notes on your phone. Write on your neighbor. Write on their forehead. So when they look in the mirror, they'll see it later on um, at the club. Anyway, 2 Corinthians 4, verse 13 says this. And since we have the same spirit of faith. Everybody say, spirit of faith. Come on, say it again. Say, spirit of faith you got to do better than that. One, two, three. Spirit of faith. According to what is written, I believed and therefore I spoke. We also believe 
and therefore speak. No matter what environment you find yourself in, you are a carrier of the spirit of faith. You can change any environment. Walk into work tomorrow, it may be depressing. You walk in, faith shows up. Walk into a family situation, things are tough challenging you may not have all the answers a lot of whys are coming up why did this happen why did that happen what's going on because of your presence you bring a spirit of faith in order to oppose a spirit of fear I think there are three levels I didn't say this last night but I added a level of faith over the, overnight I think there are three levels or three types of faith and my job today is to stir your faith that's my job I came for one reason and one reason alone. To Des Moines, Iowa. Clive, this is Clive, right? Clive, Iowa is to stir your faith. I want to stir it up a little bit. So that you walk out of here not just inspired, but ready to take on the world. Take, take on the dreams that God, is anybody with you? Do I have about five people in here that are ready to do it? Okay, about six of you. All right, good deal. Three, three types of faith. First is what I call protecting faith. The Bible calls this in Ephesians chapter 6, we have this armor that we have, sword of the spirit, breastplate of righteousness, helmet of salvation, feed shot, shod with the preparation of peace. We got the belt of truth. But then you have, what else do you have? It's called a shield of faith. Your faith protects you. Matter of fact, they, back then when, when Paul was talking about shields, he was talking about a shield was actually a piece of wood. They didn't have metal framing for shields, and so they would take a piece of wood, and what they would do, because it says, shield of faith to quench the fiery darts of the enemy. So they would take that wood, they would soak it in water before battle, so that when the enemy would, would shoot an arrow that was flaming fire, and it would hit the shield, it would disintegrate, disintegrate, disintegrate the fire. It would get rid of the fire. The, 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 the flaming arrow would hit the shield, and the flame would go away. So when the enemy tries to attack you, your faith is meant to protect you from the enemy's darts that try to hit you. Hit you in your marriage, hit you in your money, hit you in your character. You're there. You protect yourself with your faith. The second level of faith is what I call a, a miracle working faith. This is the faith that drops on you when you are going through all kinds of hell. You don't know how you're going to get out of it, but you do. Like, you just get out of it. It just happens. Like, it's like that 115-pound mom who picks up her car, you know, because her, her kid is trapped in it, and they pick it up, and, they, and they, for some reason, she has the adrenaline to be able to do that. That's, that's the miracle-working power of faith. It, it's, it doesn't stay on you very long, but long enough to overcome it. You pray a prayer, you're like, I can't believe I even said that. Like, that came out of my mouth, and then it happens. Miracle-working faith. Holy Spirit drops that in. All of us have the potential, by the way, to walk that out. Because sometimes we just need a little extra boost of faith. Third, third level of faith or part of faith or resource of faith is what I call a measure of faith. Measure. All of us have been given a measure of faith. In Romans 12, the Bible tells us that God gives gifts to men. And he talks about these gifts that every one of us can possess. Some of us are different gifted. Well, along with that gift, with that talent, with that skill, comes a measure of faith according to Christ's measure of faith. So this means that we all have, we all have what we need on the inside of us. We all have it. 
It's just a matter of exercising it to get it out. Using it, learning how, how to develop this faith. I gave a title to this message um, because I want to talk about a young lady in the Bible. The title of this message, if, if you want to call this maybe the uh, TVMA message title, I call this Hooker to Hero. Okay. Now, if you have kids in here, you might have to explain that later. Sorry. We have a great children's ministry. Should have put them in it. All right. Anyway. <laughs> Hooker to Hero. PG-13, prostitute to prominence. Okay, PG, harlot to household name. It's interesting to me that in the Bible you see a lot of women who came out of very destructive lives to follow Christ, to follow God. And one of them was a young lady by the name of Rahab. Rahab. Now, God thanks so much of faith that he, wrote, gave, he dedicated a whole chapter to faith. I call it the Hall of Faith. I found out last service, we have, the hall, we have the NASCAR Hall of Fame in Charlotte. I found out in Iowa, you have the Wrestling Hall of Fame. Did not know that. Had no idea. Cauliflower ears. I wrestled for one year when I was in high school until my shoes got stolen. And I was so poor that I couldn't afford another pair of shoes. So I couldn't wrestle anymore. Sad. Very sad. I could have been, I could have been in the Hall of Fame in Iowa. You never know. <laughs> but instead, I'm a pastor. All right, anyway. There's 17 people that are listed in this hall of faith. Hebrews chapter 11. You can look at it later. Abraham. We know who Abraham is, don't we? Isaac, he's listed in there. Moses is listed in there. Enoch. Remember Enoch? Enoch, Enoch was so full of faith, God just took him one day. Wouldn't that be awesome? You're just walking down the road, chilling with your family, and boom, God just takes you away. That would be really cool. What a way to go to heaven. You don't have to die. You just go to heaven. That'd be awesome. Fantastic. Like, you know, I was talking to pastor over here. He's, you know, he went to Puerto Vallarta. Imagine he's walking down the beach in a Speedo, and bam, he's just gone. Probably not a Speedo. I'll probably, God probably wouldn't take him if he had a Speedo on, but. Maybe he was like this. I'll take him now. All right, anyway. <laughs> There's only two women that are listed in the hall of faith. Sarah, we know who Sarah is, Abraham's wife. If Abraham was the father of faith, she's probably the mother of faith. And then Rahab. Listen to what, listen to what the Bible says about Rahab. By faith. Everybody say, by faith. Come on, say it again. Say, by faith. Hebrews eleven thirty one. By faith, the harlot... The prostitute Rahab did not perish with those who did not believe when she had received the spies with peace. See, I think that if only two women are mentioned in the Bible in regards to their faith, I would want to know why her name ended up there. I mean, why, did, why, didn't, why wasn't Jesus' mother mentioned in there? Pretty strong woman of faith. Why wasn't Deborah or Esther? Or, or I mean, just, you could just throw out a ton of names. Why weren't they? Why Rahab? Well, let's talk about that. See, see, Rahab can teach us some things about faith, how to develop a spirit of faith. I mean, she's a pagan prostitute, and she ends up in the hall of faith. Pretty crazy. She teaches us some great lessons of, of how to get faith, how to grow faith, how to use faith. But I think the biggest lesson that she teaches us in regards to our faith is where faith can take you. 
Because you really never know. I mean, I was just telling you, I grew up, I'm an only child. I'm an only grandchild. My dad left when I was 14 months old. My mom didn't have a car till she was 45. We used to hitchhike everywhere. Y'all don't even know what that is. That's when you stick your thumb out and people pick you up on the side of the road. You don't do that anymore because you'll die. Back then, you know, it was all right. She would stick her thumb out. We'd have to go to the movies. We'd have to hitchhike to get there because we didn't have a car. Or we'd get on a bike. We were so poor, we couldn't even afford the OR. It was just Poe. I used to eat hungry man dinners. Anybody that's over 45 knows what a hungry man dinner is. This was pre-microwaves. You put the hungry man into the oven, 375 degrees, 45 minutes. Come on, you know what I'm talking about. Put it in there, 35 minutes into it, you peel back the apple crisp so you can get it nice and crispy on the outside. Y'all don't, don't know anything about that. Y'all have Grubhub. You know, Uber Eats. We didn't have that kind of stuff back then. You had to fend for yourself. All right, what was I talking about? Oh, Rahab, all right. We learned some big lessons. Where, where can your faith take you? Where, where can it take you? It can put you in situation. Now, look, here I am. I'm preaching in Des Moines, Iowa, the, the, the wrestling hall of fame capital of America. Okay, okay, listen. Faith, listen to me. Faith is the currency of heaven. It's the currency. It's how you transact with heaven. Now, most Christians, most Christians think that you transact with heaven by your behavior. As long as I'm good, God will listen. As long as I do right, God will hear me. That's not true. Jesus even made a comment one time when this rich young ruler came to him and called him good teacher he said why do you call me good no one is good but God in other words God's the standard we never can meet it so your good and my good could be told a good's relative you know it depends on what kind of house you grew up a little white lie might be okay but but your goodness doesn't get you conversations with heaven it's God's grace so he talks to us because he loves us. He hears us because he loves us. Not because of your actions or your behavior or what you do. No, he loves you. God loves you so much that he gave his son to die for you. And because of your faith, he extends grace to you. But anything that you need is just on the other side and you get it by faith. That's how you transact with heaven and by the way there is no there is no inflation with regards to your faith and it doesn't it's not the amount of faith don't let anybody lie to you and say you don't have enough faith because the bible says all you need is a grain of mustard seed and you can tell a mountain to jump into the sea so it's not the amount of the faith it's the quality of your faith rahab had had a quality of faith that got her saved from fear are you following me? So let's listen, let's listen to the story here. In Joshua chapter 2, um, we see Joshua getting ready to take the Israelites into the promised land. Okay, so you know the story. Moses led the Israelites out of Egypt, 40 years in the wilderness. A group, a whole generation died, right? 
And then Joshua took over leadership after the 40 years in order for his role was to take the Israelites into the promised land. So Joshua was taking them into the promised land. And Joshua knew because what previously happened is Moses sent 12 spies into the promised land. You remember the story? So he sends 12 spies. And you remember 10 of them came back with a bad report. So Joshua was like, I don't want to send 12 again because that wasn't very good. It caused a whole generation to die. So instead of sending 12, I'm just going to send two. I got a 50-50 chance of them coming back with a decent report. So he sends the two spies into Jericho, which was the first city they would have take over. And he sends the two spies in. And the king immediately knows that the Israelites are waiting. And they are scared. So he knows that these two spies are there. And the two spies end up in a prostitute's house. We don't know how they got there. We don't know why they ended up there. We can ask them when we get to heaven. I don't really want to have that conversation with them. You can. I'm not. I'm just going to assume it's for godly reasons. <laughs> just saying. Right, again, another conversation you're going to have to have with your kid. Rahab knows that the king is looking for these two spies and hides them on the roof. The king comes. And says, where are the spies? I know they're here. And she goes, no, they just left. They went out the gate. You need to chase them out that way. She lied to the king. But they had hidden up on the top. Now, let's, let's catch what happens after this. Because this conversation that Rahab has with these two spies teaches us how to develop a spirit of faith. Everybody say spirit of faith. Spirit of faith. Look at verse 8. Verse 8 of Joshua chapter 2. Now, before they lay down... She, Rahab, came up to them on the roof and said to the men, listen to what she said. And by the way, how could she know this? I know that the Lord has given you this land. I know it. Where did she get that from? She's a pagan prostitute. I know. You're going to see in just a second. That the terror of you, the Israelites, has fallen on us and that all the inhabitants of the land are faint-hearted because of you. Everybody's afraid because they know you're standing out there. Why? Look at verse 10. For we have heard, everybody say heard, how the Lord dried up the water of the Red Sea for you when you came out of Egypt, and what you did to the two kings of the Amorites, whom you utterly destroyed. Verse 11. And as soon as we heard, everybody say heard, Heard these things, our hearts melted, neither did there remain any more courage in anyone because of you. Listen to her response. She heard these things. Heard all this stuff that's going on with the Israelites. For the Lord, how did she come to this conclusion? For the Lord your God, He is God in heaven above and on earth beneath. Now therefore, let's make a trade here. I beg you, swear to me by the Lord, since I have shown you kindness... That you also will show me kindness to my father's house and give me a true token. Let's make a trade here, guys. Uh, because there, I know there's something different about your God. We've got a plethora of gods that we worship, but there's something different about your God. And spare my father, my mother, my brothers, my sister, and all that they have. And deliver our lives from death. Okay, so what does a spirit of faith look like? How do you develop a spirit of faith? Three things. Write these things down. Rahab heard. Rahab believed, and Rahab took a risk. Rahab risked. Rahab heard, Rahab believed, and Rahab risked. 
Think about this. Think about this. Rahab heard. Because she heard, she believed. And she took a risk. How do you, how do you overcome any fear in your life? You got to hear. You got to believe. And you got to risk. Now, I don't, I don't, I'm not saying that the only thing you need is faith. Because I think there's commitment and discipline that goes along with it. But I would say that the number one component that a Christian should be able to exercise in any moment in their life in regards to God's plan for your life or the attempt of the enemy for his plan to your life. Because, you know, the devil's got a plan for your life too. Is to be able to walk out a spirit of faith. So you've got to hear, you've got to believe, and you've got to risk so if you want if you want your marriage to change i gotta hear i gotta i gotta risk if i want my kids to grow up with the right trajectory because one day i gotta let them go i gotta hear i gotta believe i've gotta risk rahab heard rahab believed rahab risked if i want to start a business i gotta hear i gotta believe and i gotta take a risk if i want to get in ministry I got to hear, I got to believe, and I got to risk. If I want to make it in public school, man, college, I want to go to college and face all the demonic stuff I got to face, the agenda, the, the junk that you got to face on a daily basis in college, I got to hear, I got to believe, I got to risk. Okay, so let's talk about these three things. First, Rahab heard. Faith comes by hearing. Faith comes by hearing. Notice what she said in verse 10. For we have heard how the Lord. Verse 11. As soon as we heard these things. Rahab didn't see the, sea, the Red Sea split. She didn't see a water come out of a rock. She didn't see manna fall out of heaven. Little, little chicken filet minis. Because that's what manna is. Chick-fil-A minis. It's not the full biscuit or the full sandwich. It's just the mini. That comes down out of heaven. Just right down, falls in your. It just falls right in your mouth. In your mouth. Come on, how many of y'all love a chicken fillet mini? Do they still make them chick fillet minis? Just a little biscuit. Oh man, come on, somebody. Who's going to Chick Fil? Oh, it's not. It's open. It's not even open on flipping Sundays. Dang pagans! What are they doing? They should open up Chick Fil A on Sunday. How many of y'all have ever gone through the line at Chick Fil A thinking it was open on a Sunday? I have many times. On a trip, stop, pull off, go through the Chick-fil-A. Oh, crap, it's not open. Anyway. She didn't, she didn't see manna coming down from heaven. She didn't see water coming down from rock. She didn't see. But she heard the Israelites were winning. Romans 10, verse 17. So then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Listen to me. Hearing awakens faith that's already in us. I said it earlier. You got it in you. When you hear intentionally, it awakens the faith. Now, let me just be very clear here because this is important as Christians. You can come to church your whole life and never hear. Your whole life and never hear. You can come to church. I mean, Pastor Jesse with his great hair can preach the best message ever. You walk out exactly the same if you don't come to intentionally hear. Because you, the goal here every weekend is to hear with revelation, get revelation. Not inspiration, 
and not just information. Don't come to church just wanting information. Because when you walk out, to, there's tons of information. You can watch this on YouTube and get information. Even inspiration, nothing wrong with inspiration, but how many know inspiration wears off by like Wednesday at 2 p.m.? Like, you know, somebody tomorrow could steal your inspiration. But when you have a revelation, when I hear with the right ears, you've got ears on the side of your head, but you've also got ears on your spirit. You've got eyes on the front of your face, but you've also got eyes of the spirit. You've got a mouth on the front of your face, but you also have a mouth of the spirit. See, there are two words in the Greek language that are translated word or message or saying. Two words. Remember, the Old Testament was written in Hebrew, translated into English. The New Testament was written in Greek, translated into English. So, in Greek, the word for word is logos. Two words. Logos and rhema. Logos and rhema. Logos is the whole word. It's the complete word. <clears throat> logos is this, the Bible. Let me say it another way. In John chapter 1... John says that the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. You follow me? I'm going somewhere with this, so just stick with me. The Word became flesh. Jesus embodied. He was the Logos made flesh. He even said, I came to fulfill the Word. Fulfill the Word. The Word, the Logos. Rhema, if, if Logos is the Bible, Rhema is the Scripture in the Bible. So if Logos is Jesus, then what he says is Rhema. You follow me? So when you read the Bible and it's in red, that's Rhema. So when I come, what Rahab got was a Rhema from God. She didn't get the Word, she got the Word. Because every, every time you need something from God, there is a rhema for you. You ever, you, ever, you ever read the scripture? Read a story like hundreds of times, and then you read it one time, and then jump, jumps off the page at you? That's a rhema. So God has prepared a rhema every time you walk through these doors. Every time you open the scripture. Specific word. For what reason? To stir that faith on the inside of you. So here's some questions you got to answer for yourself. What, number one is what are you listening to? Because you'll never get a word if you're not listening to the word. You'll never, you'll never get a word from God if you're not close to God. If you're not connected to God. If you're not with Him, connected to Him. That's why, you know, you be here. Be here whenever the doors are open at church. Get in a life group. Connect with what's going on. Serve. Get, 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 put yourself in every situation where you can hear the rhema from God. You're going through a problem. You're not going to find the answer on some inspirational podcast. No, no. The Word of God is what changes us. So what are you listening to? It's one thing to be informed. It's another thing to be overwhelmed. So nothing wrong with listening to the news, but don't let that be your primary source. I think, I think a lot of Christians research their fears more than they research their faith. So they feel sick, so they immediately go to WebMD. You know, what's wrong with me? Let me see the six symptoms. No, just believe God. You're healed. Period. End of discussion. 
So what are you listening to? Secondly, what are you listening for? What are you listening for? I have a buddy. His name's Tom. Good friend. He, uh, he runs, he just retired actually from running a mortgage business. And he's a pilot. He, he was a fighter pilot. He flew like F, F-16 jets in the Air Force. And he, um, he moved to Texas to be trained to fly planes. And he wasn't a Christian at the time. And so he, what he ended up doing is he got, met this guy that he was training with. And his friend said, hey, why don't you come to church? He was a Christian. Tom wasn't. He said, I'll go to church. Because his mom wanted him to go to church. He's like, church is a good thing. I'll go to church. Why not? Might be some cute girls there. So... So he goes to church, and, you know, he just goes and listens and participates in the service. Month, two months, six months. About eight months into his journey, this evangelist comes and does a week-long set of meetings. And every night, this guy would preach, and on the last night, he had an altar call, and Tom answered the altar call. So he preached Jesus, preached salvation, miracles. And on the last night, Friday night, he, he, he does an altar call. And Tom gets saved. His life has changed. The next Wednesday night, he goes to church, his regular church. So this was at his church, evangelist. The following Wednesday, he goes to church. The pastor gets up, preaches, and at the end of the message, the pastor does an altar call. Tom turns to his friend and says, oh my gosh, I wish our pastor would have done that every week. And his friend said, he does. But see, Tom wasn't in a position to hear. It wasn't until he got, became a Christian that his spirit, his ears were willing to hear. Everybody look at me for a second. Look at me. Are your ears available to hear God's word? Are you available to hear? Let me ask you. Listen, 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 listen. Are you coming to church just to get a nice little song, a good message, or are you coming to get a rhema from God? Can I challenge you? I know I'm not your pastor, but let me just challenge you as a friend. We're buddies. My name's Troy. Look, don't, don't come in here complaining about the music, how long the service is or how short it is or how it's not enough. You come expectant, and I promise you God will meet you right where you are. Every single time. Rahab, Rahab heard. What was the second one? Rahab believed. Faith expects. Faith expects. Belief, belief turns into faith when it expects. She said, Rahab said, I know that the Lord gave you this land. I know that the Lord. She said, I know that the Lord is God of heaven. How did she get that? She heard. And now she was expecting change. Don't listen for the purpose of being convinced, but listen for the purpose of being convicted. The key to belief that becomes faith is the presence of change. The key to belief that turns into faith. Because listen, listen, you can go to lunch today. Can't go to Chick-fil-A, but you could go somewhere else. You, you go around the restaurant and you ask people, do you believe in God? 
Yeah, I do. Do you believe in God? Yeah, yeah, I do. Do you believe in God? You go around. I guarantee you 95% right here in, in, in Des Moines, Iowa would probably say, I believe in God. The problem is, is do they have faith? Because you see what kind of faith you have when, when, there's, when there's crisis, when there's problems. I mean, just look around. There's people that were here two and a half years ago that aren't here anymore. Because of a crisis. Statistics say that 33% of people who attended church pre-2020 aren't in church at all. They completely disappeared. No longer in church at all. Zero church. They believed. But I don't think they had faith. A belief that, that changes. You see change. Let, let me prove it to you. In James chapter 2 it says, You can believe all you want that there is one true God. That's wonderful. But even the demons know this and tremble with fear. Why? Yet they're unchanged. They remain demons. I have a little saying. Revelation brings conviction. Conviction brings movement. Movement brings change. So when I hear right, it brings conviction. When I'm convicted, I'll change. I'll do something. Because of that movement, because of that step that I take, Rahab heard, Rahab believed, Rahab risked. She took a step, there was change in her life. See, it's one thing to believe head, it's another thing to believe heart. See, belief changes to faith when it drops that 18 inches from right here to right here. And a lot of us have it here. The moment it shifts right here is things really start to change in your life. Nobody can talk you out of it. See, head belief doesn't move. Head belief doesn't expect. Head belief doesn't change. Head belief questions constantly. But heart belief is confident. Heart belief is hopeful. Heart belief is sure and steadfast. Heart belief is assertive and firm. Heart belief is resolute. In 1999, my wife was pregnant with our second child and we went to the doctor for our five month you know reveal is it going to be a girl or is it going to be a boy because there's only two just make that clear <laughs> just thought I'd throw that in there <laughs> for all of you that were questioning whether there was more than two there's just two <laughs> At least it was back then in 1999, you know. I'm kidding. So we go in, and they do the ultrasound. And it was kind of weird because we were in one room, and then they did the ultrasound. They didn't give us any pictures, and they took us to another room, and there was a bigger machine, and they kept taking pictures of the baby. And about maybe 35, 40 minutes later, the doctor walks in, and she's got a you know, box of tissues in her hand, and she flops down a couple pictures, and she says, I'm so sorry, but your daughter has tumors in her brain. And you could see, and she had a picture of a brain that was normal and a brain that was my daughter's. And the brain that was normal is all black. And her brain was all gray. And it had hundreds and hundreds of tumors in her brain. My wife starts crying. I'm upset. The doctor's upset. But I just felt, you know, that, that second level of faith. That miracle working faith, it just kind of dropped in my heart. And I said, we're going to pray right now. And I said, Doc, you can stay in here if you want or not. It's totally up to you. I said, but I believe that our daughter is healed. 
and I'm not going to accept anything different. And, the, you know, she said, well, I just want to let you know that your daughter is going to be a Down syndrome baby, um, have, you know, a messed up heart, uh, and, and who knows if they're going to live past 12 years old, or you're going to have an Edwards syndrome baby because there's an extra chromosome that will be added to the DNA, and your baby will die within the first year. And I said, well, I don't accept that. I believe that God can heal my baby. Now, listen, I couldn't touch her. I couldn't hold her. I couldn't take her to church and have the, the elders pray for her. All we could do is believe. And we did. Why? Because I didn't have head belief. I had heart belief. A month later, they wanted us to do an amniocentesis, where they take fluid out of the baby, out of the womb, and we didn't want to do it because it was dangerous back in 1999. And so we didn't do it. We went back a month later, maybe a little less than a month. They did the same thing. We went into the ultrasound room. They took picture, picture, picture. And then we moved to the other room again. They took picture, picture, picture. 35 minutes later, the doctor walks in with a box of tissues again and sets it on the counter. And my wife goes, what's going on? And she said, this box of tissues isn't for you. It's for me because I have no idea I cannot explain, but your baby's brain is completely tumor-free. So I just, we just celebrated my daughter's 23-year birthday last week. Now, I, I, I'm not telling you that because I'm a big deal, okay? I'm telling you that because when belief turns into faith, no matter what you go through, you, got, you, you, you feel this conviction, this revelation, this understanding that everything's going to be all right. Rahab heard. Rahab believed. Come on, follow me. Rahab heard. Rahab believed. Last one, Rahab risked. Faith takes action. You got to do something. There's got to be some action with it. What is that action? For, for Rahab, she risked her life for two guys she didn't know. She hit them up on the roof. She risked it all, and that's what it takes. You have to risk something. James 2, verse 17, thus also faith by itself, if it does not have works, is dead. Faith has to have action. You have to do something. Do something with what your conviction is. It has, you have to risk something. Now, here's the problem. Here's the issue. The most difficult aspect of living a life of faith is that risk brings loss. You lose something when you risk. You're going to have to sacrifice. You heard the girl on the, the video. She said, I want to be involved in this bold campaign. And I don't know what to do, so I'm going to sacrifice. I'm going to risk a portion of my food budget. It's going to cost you something. We have to risk. Risk what? For some of us, it's our reputation. You might be the only Christian in your family. It's hard, isn't it? It's hard at Thanksgiving dinner. Because you want to pray. You speak up. And the immediate response is, I don't believe in God. 
Why, why, why would we pray to a God who lets all these people die? It's tough. you got to risk your reputation. Maybe in the office. You're the only believer. Now listen, listen. Don't run from the office. Maybe God put you there so you could be a light in a dark place. you got to risk your reputation. We have a campus. We have four campuses in Charlotte. And one of our campuses is downtown. And <clears throat> I'm almost done. Promise. I've just got a few more minutes. And uh, it's, it's one of our fastest growing campuses, small building, only 12,000 12, square feet. It seats like 400 people. And um, it only has six parking spots. Six. That's it. And one of them is handicapped. So it means five plus the handicapped. Brutal. So we have to park all on the street. We have to get re re uh, relationships with other businesses in order for them to let us use they're parking. Well, during um, 2021 in Charlotte, when they got rid of masks, we were, our church has always been, you know, you come worship any way you want. I don't want anything to hinder people from coming to worship. So I don't care if you are six feet apart. I don't care if you wear a mask. You have the freedom to do whatever you want to do because this is a place of freedom. That's why it's named Freedom House. That's the name of our church. So we were one of the first churches that opened. Um, I hated being closed for the three or four weeks that we were. I was just trying to feel things out. Like, what do we do? But then I was like, I can't. I, I don't feel like Jesus pauses the word of God for a pandemic. Look, the Bible says, the Bible says, forsake not the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some till the day approaches. Then I'm not going to forsake the assembling of ourselves together. We're going to get together. And I just told everybody, look, I'm not going to wear a mask. You can wear one. That's cool. I'm pro-freedom. Well, I became the anti-mask pastor in Charlotte, North Carolina. And as a result of that, we went from, you know, six parking spots with some businesses. They canceled all of our parking. They said, we're not going we to, we don't want to be connected with you at all. Because you're the anti-mask church. Now, the church kept growing. You know, we just figured out other things. But you have to risk something for your conviction, don't you? You have to risk your family and your friends because not everybody's going to go with you on this journey. Uh, to the young people, 20s and 30-year-olds, just, just hear me for a second. Because one of the most difficult things that you're going to deal with in your life is not how much money you make or don't make or what city you live in. It's the relationships that you lose because of your faith. But let me give you a little hint. You learn so much more about your destiny by those who are leaving you than those who are coming in your life. Okay? So don't, don't, don't get upset when people walk out of your life because of your conviction, because of your faith, because of your destiny, because of your dream. It hurts. People leave our church all the time. I, I tell my church all the time, I hate it when people leave because I can't pick who does. <laughs> That's every pastor's dream. <laughs> Isn't that terrible? Jesse will fix that next week or whenever he comes back. Let me, let, me let, me, let me close with this thought. We have to risk a now satisfaction for eternal gratification. In other words, let me make it real simple. You have to risk it all. So what did Rahab do? She heard, she... Believe she risked. Rahab heard, Rahab. 
Last verse I want to share with you was a rhema verse for me. I've read the story hundreds of times. But chapter 2 of Joshua, verse 21, it says this. And she said, according to your word, so be it. And then she sent the, the two spies away. When I read that, it's like it jumped off the page at me. According to your word, according to you, so let it be. I've heard those before. I've read that scripture before. Like I've seen those few words before. And the Holy Spirit said, go to Luke chapter 1. So I turned over to Luke chapter 1. And I read this. Then Mary said, and I remembered the story. Remember Mary, 13 years old. She's getting married to Jojo. They're putting this wedding plan. They're planning the wedding together. This is a Maxwell translation. They're putting the marriage together. Trying to find a place to have the, the venue, you know, and she's working on the plans. She's registered with Target, and, and she, she didn't want to do Walmart because that's too cheap, but Target, Target's right there in the middle, and Nordstrom because you got to go to Nordstrom. She, she's, she's trying to figure out, her mom told her that, you know, we're going to get you this dress, but because of that, we're going to lower the group down to, you know, another 50 people, so you got to get 50 people out of the wedding. And all of a sudden, this angel shows up. Remember? Remember the story? It's called Christmas, remember? Gabriel, Gabriel shows up, and he says, Hey, Mary, I know you're getting ready to get married, but you're going to, the Holy Spirit is going to come upon you, and you're going to have a baby. What? Like, this is going to really mess up my plans. No joke, I got to go home and tell my mom that an angel came and visited me and now I'm pregnant with God's baby? Hold on a second. I'm going to have to go talk to Jojo about this? Like, how is this going to go down? Right? She had to risk something. Remember what she said? Remember what she said? Then Mary said, behold, the maidservant, here I am. Let it be to me according to your word. Exact same thing that Rahab said. See, when the Israelites conquered Jericho, Rahab's entire family was saved. And Rahab met an Israelite by the name of Salmon. They got married and they had a baby named Boaz. And Boaz married a girl named Ruth, married a girl named Ruth. They had a baby named Obed. And Obed made a, met a cute little girl, and they had a baby named Jesse. And Jesse met a girl and had a baby named David. So you never know where your faith will take you. This girl, Rahab, this prostitute, Rahab, this harlot, Rahab, was just trying to save her family. And she ended up in the lineage of Jesus Christ. She was one of only two, three women mentioned in Matthew chapter 1 in the lineage of Jesus Christ. Only believe. Rahab heard. Rahab believed. And Rahab risked. I want you to stand with me. I want you to stand. On your seats, I put a little red band because the, the spies told Rahab, I want you to grab it if you can. If it's not on the floor, it should be on your seat next to you. I thought maybe it might be good just to remind 
ourselves of the faith that's inside of us. And so I'd like you, if, if you want to, just to put that on your wrist. So that no matter what you're going through, maybe this next week, next month, maybe you're facing something real big, or maybe nothing's going on. Everything's great right now. If you, if you look down, you wake up in the morning, and you look at that, you go, you know what? God put some faith in me. I got a measure of faith because I heard, I believed, and I'm ready to take the risk. Maybe, maybe, you, maybe there's a big step ahead of you. And you need to, you, you, that faith is what's needed for you to find yourself Heck, I mean, like Rahab, you know, she ended up in the lineage of Christ. You never know where, where your faith can take you. Maybe your whole marriage could change just because you believed. Because it went from here to here, from here to here, here to here. In my heart, I believe, I convict. I'm convicted, Lord. Matter of fact, why don't you just close your eyes right where you are. If you're watching right now online or at Adel or Ottoman, just, just close your eyes right where you are. Now I want you to think about this. Are you right with God? Do you, do you have a relationship with Jesus Christ? I'm not talking about do you believe in God. I'm talking about are you right with Him? Have you made Him the Lord of your life? Given Him, risked it all for Him. Maybe you risked part of it. Maybe you risked about an hour and a half on a Sunday morning. But I'm talking about, have you, did you risk everything? Because He did it for you. Maybe you're here and, and you came to church before, but you fell away from God. You know you're not pleasing God right now. You know, what, you know what it takes to get into the family? Faith. That's all it takes. You mean I don't have to do anything? No. Well, well, well what's going to happen next? Hey, just let God work that out. You just take the step. Just take the step and believe. Thank you so much for listening to this message. If you enjoyed it, please check out our other episodes. If you would like to connect with Eternity Church, be sure to go to myeternity.com or follow us on Facebook and Instagram at myeternitychurch. We'll see you next week. Love you heaps.